You're listening to Veg Your Best. There has never been a more important time to be vegan. At Veg Your Best, we're here to help you limit and eliminate the consumption of animal products without feeling deprived, overwhelmed, or unsupported, even if no one you know is vegan. My name is Michelle Olander. I'm a life coach. And I want to show you that living vegan is actually the superpower that will unlock your possibilities and give you the confidence to take on your next impossible goal by doing it your way. If I could go vegan in my 50s with all my excuses, I know that you can start moving in that direction too. Veg your best and there's nothing you can't do. Episode 103, Veg Your Best 101, Part 3, Going Public as a Vegan. Hi, Veg Heads, and welcome back, my Veg Your Besties. So, you know, today... I guess today might not apply to everyone who listens here. So take what you can from it. Because today I want to ask who of you, which of you, how many of you, and you can just raise your hand or say, veg your best, who here has had someone say something really, really dumb to them? Ever. And I don't mean about being vegan or plant-based. I mean, have any of you, any of you ever had the experience of someone not understanding what you're doing or not thinking that what you're doing is a good idea or arguing with you without knowing anything about it or deciding that what it is you are saying or doing is somehow dangerous for our culture or our planet or our immortal soul? Anyone? No one? Really? That's interesting. No one. Not one of you. No one you or I know can say that they have never had this experience. And yes, that's a double negative. And I thought it would be funny. I don't think it's that funny now. But I thought it would be funny if I made it even harder to understand by trying a triple negative but that would be for my entertainment alone. So let's, let's just forget about that. What I want to say is that everyone, 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 vegan, non-vegan, conservative, progressive, straight, gay, religious, atheist, physician, teacher, American, not American, art history major, banker, grandmother, teenager, you just fill in that list. Not one of us has missed out on the delightful experience of being completely misunderstood or judged or argued with by friends, by family, and by complete strangers. You know, it's just one of those side effects of living in the world and occasionally leaving the house or sending an email or a text or walking into a room. People got stuff to say to you. People have opinions about what you're up to. 
people want to let you know that something about what you're wearing or who you live with or your job or your retirement or your decision to have kids or not have kids, your taste for buttery, oaky Chardonnays or not drinking. People have stuff to say about everything. You know that. You know that. But when you go vegan or when you start a plant-based practice and you first think, I might have to go public about this. You know, for a lot of us, that's a moment on our vegan and plant-based journeys when we, well, we think, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can actually go on record and say that I am vegan or plant-based. And, you know, actually, this is a good reminder for me to do this in another episode. We're we're going to talk one of these days about my thoughts about the difference between those two terms, plant-based and vegan. And you may be shocked, but I actually do have thoughts about it. And in true Gemini fashion, I see both sides. Uh, But mostly here, most of the time, for most of us, I use both terms. So... The thought about going public as vegan or as plant-based, and it can just be terrifying. And if you are like me, if you identify for good or bad as an introvert, or you don't feel like you have all the facts and figures, all the irrefutable logic at your fingertips, and, well, maybe you're worried about what other people are going to think or say if they feel like you're judging them, for still eating lamb or fishing or wearing leather shoes. I mean, if these things stress you, if you're stressed about how to fill out the wedding RSVP meal form when it offers vegetarian, but not specifically vegan. <laughs> that happened. That happened recently. Or when you're invited to social engagements or the waiter just really doesn't seem to understand. Or you eat veggies, but you're pretty sure they made this with some bacon in the recipe, even though it's not listed on the menu. Or a dear friend is actually surprised that sausage and clams is not a dish that you'll eat. True story, recent. If you have all that anxiety about what people are going to say and what you're going to have to say when they say that, and what they might do, and then what you'll have to do if they do that. (laughs) If you're concerned about whether they're going to support you or sabotage your decision, let me just say it doesn't help you with all the other work that you're doing. It doesn't help you when you are hair trigger, ready to either protect yourself or run away. It's not helping you to stay happily, productively in your lane, doing what you need to do in your vegan practice, which is to learn how to make wonderful choices and learn how to learn from the mistakes or errors that come up. Have you been there? You know, it surprises a lot of people when I tell them that food, food is really not the toughest part about going vegan. Really, the food is generally delicious. The hardest part is going public. And having to ask for what you want and feeling like you might need to have an answer or an explanation or a scientific discussion (laughs) or that you might need the facts and the figures about health, climate change, animal abuse, slaughterhouse employee conditions, deforestation. You might need all that at your fingertips. 
just the thought of someone asking you, what? Why are you vegan? Or kindly telling you, you know that's just an eating disorder, right? Or saying, I guess you think you're way smarter than my mom who lived to be 100. All those have happened to me. Just the thought of a few of those interactions with other humans used to make me want to all of the above. Freeze, flight, flee, and fawn. Freeze? Is that all of them? Freeze, flight, flee, and fawn all at once. All the terror emotions. And all of those interactions have happened to me and, and, and. I'm still okay. But I dreaded them. And I dreaded them for a long time. And I still don't enjoy those situations. But I have learned how to handle it. The number one complaint I hear from new vegans, veteran vegans, those who are just trying it on for a while, is that other people make being vegan hard. That other people make it difficult for them to come out or go public as vegan. Other people can be unsupportive or demanding or argumentative or condescending or intolerant. And I hear you. I hear you. And I want to remind you of the last couple weeks on this series, this series of Veg Your Best 101. Last two weeks were parts one and two. And in parts one and two, I wanted to make sure you see how we are in this cultural, societal soup that makes certain things just feel normal and other things not normal, right? We talked about that because all around us, we have received ideas that certain things are necessary, normal, and natural. And when we step out or opt out of those things, people tend to say things and they tend to react and they tend to do things. And, you know, we have choices when those situations occur and they will occur. We can choose to hear it as disrespectful and unsupportive, which I don't know about you, but for me, that feels awful. It feels awful, but it's a possibility, and I have chosen it plenty of times and never with a great result, but I have certainly done that. I have certainly heard it as disrespectful and unsupportive. We also have a choice to let what they say and do be all about them and not evidence of anything wrong or bad in the world. And that is some kind of mind ninja choice, which I aspire to. But sadly, I'm human, and that doesn't work for me either. We have the choice to make it be all about them, and then we could judge them, which is fine. We could judge them as ignorant slash evil slash cruel slash any other negative epithet you can think of. That doesn't feel that great either, though, right? And we have the choice to make it be all about them and think, yeah, I guess they're from a different time or culture. And they've never really thought about it from my point of view before. And mostly, mostly they're just worried about me. I try that one. Usually. And I choose it a lot because, because why not? You know, I consider myself in my life to be a bridge between the people I loved growing up, like my grandparents, and the lives they lived. These are people who were literally born at the end of the 19th century, actually in the 19th century. And I feel like I connect 
them and their lives and their values and concerns with the children of my grandchildren, who I probably won't get to know, and who will probably be born in the second half of the 21st century. So that's my choice, is to kind of see that I'm in a transitional space. But everyone has to see what they want to see when they feel this kind of negative conversation. So we also have a choice, um, which I have heard recommended, to let these opportunities be beautiful opportunities for sharing, teaching, greater intimacy, and understanding. And let's just say, full disclosure, quite honestly, that I seldom am able to choose that one. I'm not Gandhi. For me, turning a comment or a conversation where I'm feeling kind of triggered, judged, criticized, wrong into a kumbaya moment, usually that sounds like an awful lot of work on my part. And unless I'm feeling really completely safe and that the other person truly is, truly interested in understanding why I'm doing something so different, I don't usually choose it. And of course, there are dozens, if not millions, of other choices for you when you find yourself in that place of receiving comments, appraisals, feedback that you don't like, don't want, didn't ask for. And so, you know, with my clients, we always examine the sorts of situations that they feel most energy around, most negative energy around. And we want to use those situations to kind of get a sense of where do we still feel very vulnerable, not just in our vegan practice, but where do we feel vulnerable interpersonally? Where do we feel vulnerable about asking for what we want or making a choice that's perhaps outside of the mainstream? And we also talk about how we might want to prepare or learn more or be curious about these situations. And I want to remind you one more time, this happened before you went vegan. It happens whether you're plant-based or keto or standard American diet eating or pescatarian. People, humans, they say stuff. Our elders, they say things to us. Our kids say things. Our teenagers say things, sometimes without words, sometimes with infinitesimal movements of their eyes. But it, it has always happened. It happens now. And sorry, but it will always happen unless you find the world's most perfect vacuum-sealed echo chamber. It's always happened. It really has nothing to do with your veganism. It has to do with how people react to new things. And sometimes just noticing this can help us take down the temperature in a situation where there is a lot of what I call a non-meeting of the mind. You know, there are, there's a meeting of the mind and then there's a non-meeting of the minds. And you know, when you're in one of these, a pointless interchange with a waiter or a chef or a family member or a colleague. And 
you know, unless you're a far, far better person than myself, actually, you probably are a far, far better person than myself. But if you're like me, you're going to want to be ready. You know, you're going to be, you're going to want to be prepared. You want to be all set to confound your conversational partner. I was thinking of the word, what's the word? It's like a, your nemesis. You want to be ready to confound your nemesis with facts and figures and some sort of you know, steel trap of a logical argument, which will leave them speechless. And I like to visualize myself just walking towards the camera in slow motion with my cape billowing and the ruins of the patriarchy exploding behind me. Just me? <laughs> okay, that is, that is exactly what my inner teenager wants to do in these situations. And I've never accomplished it yet. And grown-up inner me thinks it might actually be more powerful to remember that I don't owe anyone an explanation. You don't owe anyone an explanation. You don't owe anyone your reason for what you eat or your reasons for what you don't eat. You do not have to get into it with anyone. And you don't have to have memorized facts or figures. You don't need to be able to point to recent peer-reviewed articles or excerpted reports from the World Health Organization. You don't need to be able to connect animal industrial agriculture with any footnotes or recommendations by think tanks. You don't need to, right? You don't have to be able to explain how many millions or billions of land animals are involved or how they're treated or why you haven't sold your car that has leather seats in it if this is so important to you. You don't have to. And when you think you have to, wow, it's a lot, right? That's a lot of, that's a, that's a full-time job, being prepared for anything anyone might say. So I want you to know, my veg your besties, you can just show up. You can just ask for what you want, and you can refuse to explain yourself. Totally up to you. I used to ask for everything with the most apologetic-sounding tones. Yeah, I know, I'm kind of a pain, but I'm the one who's going to ask for... Uh, the vegan dish on the menu. Yeah, believe me, I've been there. And it's totally up to you how much of it you do and how much of it you don't. In my sessions with clients, we work together to try and prepare scripts that say what they really do and don't want to say. I help them come up with their own go-to responses that feel powerful and peaceful in situations where they don't feel powerful or peaceful. Sometimes just having prepared a few sentences, a few comments that fit you like a glove can offer you that peace and empowerment you need. But if you knew, if you knew in your bones that you do not have to explain yourself to anyone, how much more powerful would you feel? How much more peaceful and confident would you feel? Now, for me, it did not come quickly. I had to piggyback these idea, this concept onto areas where 
I had more confidence. You know, no one tells me how to be a mom. No one tells me how to be a wife or a grandmother or a citizen. No one tells me how to be vegan. I had to kind of connect those. And I don't tell you either. I want to support you doing it your way to veg your best. Whether you're starting, restarting, or energizing your vegan practice, I want to help you live in a way that brings you more day-to-day peace and fun and confidence and satisfaction because with those, honestly, you'll be able to do the work you want to do in this world. And it begins with a call. If you want, if you don't want to just have to listen to me talk into this microphone every week, we could talk about an eight-week strategy to start to show you how much you can accomplish. Eight weeks. When you decide that you can't do it wrong, no matter what feedback you get from others, no one else has to change. We don't have to keep you from ever hearing someone say something dumb or argumentative, right? No one has to change. No one has to do anything different for you to make massive, positive leaps. Okay, my bed, your besties. The world changes. We change one imperfect step at a time. And you can already see, if you look around you, if you have grocery stores where you live, you can see how the world is changing. You know that that quote, remember, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, and then you win. Okay, see you next week. And maybe, maybe if you're lucky, I'll tell you about all my anxiety about getting professional photographs for my website. And I'll be posting about it on Instagram too, probably. So you can look for it there. But if you want to see me tense and out of my comfort zone, This is your opportunity. See you next week. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms. It helps bump us up a little in the rankings. And that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best.